Hi, my name is Carly Anna, and you are listening to CE Over It. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spooky Season. When I am recording this, it is October 6th. You guys are going to be hearing this a few weeks later, <laughs> but this is our first official spooky October episode. When I was trying to think of episodes to do for October, I had to, had to, had to, absolutely no choice but to do an episode on monster, scary, horror, nightmare clients. Like, I had to. And this isn't an episode that I ever thought I would do just because there are a few other podcasts that already do, you know, nightmare client stories and things like that. And they do a really good job. And so I was like, eh, eh, I don't eh, I don't need to. Been there. We're, we're good. Bases are covered. But I just, I could not pass up on the opportunity to do a nightmare monster client story episode for October. I mean, hello. Of course we needed to do that. Now for today's episode, I wanted to lie to you guys. I was very tempted <laughs> to just not tell the truth and let you know that I changed my mind after I posted on Instagram about, okay, I need your scary client horrible stories submitted to me. Say I'm changing it from your guys' submitted stories to what we're going to be doing actually for this episode, which is where I'm going to be reading stories from the internet just because I decided to and I wanted to. But the truth he told is uh, we didn't get a whole ton of stories <laughs> submitted. And I feel, I feel, not going to lie, I want to feel embarrassed about it that we didn't get stories submitted for this enough to at least cover an entire episode. But no, not today. You just submitted two episodes worth of gaslighting stories for the podcast, which as I'm reading stories on the internet... A lot of the scary, horrible thing, almost, I would say nine out of 10, involves some form of gaslighting and manipulation by a client. <laughs> so you guys are probably just like, you sucked me dry, Carly. I have no more <laughs> nightmare client stories to give, which is awesome and so good. I'm glad that you guys don't have these stories. So instead of sharing your guys' stories, I have scoured the internet for the best stories that I could find on these. And we're going to be reading them together and laughing out loud. And it's going to be, it's going to be real fun. This is how we're going to celebrate spooky season as a designer, which I always feel conflicted with. I don't know if you guys feel this way with October and fall where I, I love it. It's my favorite season. You get pumpkin flavored things, which hi, is there a better flavor than pumpkin? No. No, and you can't argue with it. You also get autumn beautiful fall leaves. You get to just do cozy things. It's an excuse to be lazy, finally. After a summer of going and hiking and doing all these active things, like part of the fall aesthetic is to sit in, watch a movie, and drink hot chocolate. Yeah, sign me up. I'm, I'm down for that. So I love fall and autumn. I hate hate, hate, hate. And I wish I did it. I hate Halloween. I don't like the smell of Halloween. I just don't quite understand why you would on purpose choose to wear an incredibly uncomfortable costume for an entire night surrounded by people at a Halloween party that eh, we don't care about and simultaneously choose 
to be scared the entire night. Mm, no, I think I'll pass. That sounds like jail for me. I don't know. I know you guys are going to come after me for that one and tell me how superior Halloween is to Christmas, which how can you even compare Christmas to Halloween? No, mm -mm, there's no comparison there. <laughs> but this is how I'm choosing to celebrate Halloween and to be scared is to talk about nightmare stories from clients all over the internet. But what else do I have going on in my personal life? <laughs> Not really my personal life, but just my business. What's been going on? We are getting started with ABA therapy for LJ, which if you haven't listened a few episodes back, I talked about how he got diagnosed with autism stage one. Anytime I say stage one, it honestly makes me feel like a cancer diagnosis. And I it feels so much more serious than it actually is. It's just an incredibly high functioning type of autism. From what I understand, that is at least what stage one means. Who knows? We could be wrong. This is all still super new to us. So we're still trying to figure out what things are actually going to be looking like in the future. And so we're getting him started into ABA therapy, which is, I had no idea. Like you think of therapy and you think, okay, that's like maybe once or twice a week for an hour. No, ABA therapy for a two-year-old is like 30 hours a week. <laughs> it's intense. It's like a crazy boot camp, like preschool. <laughs> four, two, three, four-year-olds who need a lot of help. It feels like a lot to me for a two-year-old, but I'm also really excited about it because I think he's going to have a lot of progress and I'm just excited to see how he grows and thrives with this much help. I think it's really exciting that we now are able to have access to all this help and I can see how I would maybe want more of my kids to be part of ABA therapy. I wish, actually, the more that I am looking into this, the more that I am thinking this actually needs to be required of every two and three-year-old. Because being a two and three-year-old, I mean, that is tough. And no two or three-year-old knows how to regulate their emotions, which is basically what ABA therapy is doing. So having a preschool run by therapists to help you understand your emotions and what's actually going on so you can regulate them. Um, yeah, I wish I had that when I was two or three. Imagine the type of adult he's going to be. He is going <laughs> to understand himself and how he's feeling so well. He is going to be an emotionally adept little kid. So I'm actually a little jealous and I think it's cool that he's going to be having all of these skills from such a young age. Oh, here's another cool thing about business that I've been really loving and I wanted to share it with you guys because it's been just cool to do this and I wish I would have done this sooner is we actually hired a financial advisor and oh my gosh, you guys, I wish I had known that this was even something for me to do just forever ago. Like if I had known about this, I honestly wish I would have signed up for financial consulting years ago in my business. I thought that like financial advisors were only for people with like a huge amount of stocks and they were always investing. You had like millions and millions of dollars. But honestly, financial advisors, at least the one that I have, and I think a lot of financial advisors, if you have the right one, are there just to help you manage your finances and say, hey, yeah, that's a good investment for you to make. Hey, we're on budget or we're not on budget. And they're not crazy expensive either. Like the one that we have... It's like $400 right when you sign up. And then, and this is not an ad, 
at all, by the way. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys because I wish I would have known this. It's like $400 when you first sign up just to get them onboarded and for you to kind of figure out, okay, what are your initial goals and for them to figure out all that stuff. But then after that, it's only $20 a month for you to be able to access them all the time. They also have this like really cool platform where you can look at your money anytime and say, okay, here's where everything is going. Here are my projections. I mean, the software that they have is incredibly amazing and helpful. I don't know. Every time I talk to them and we look at the money, I just feel so much like a CEO, so much like a CEO. And I, and part of me hates that that power is coming from someone else. Like, would I have loved if I had been the one to consider my retirement and to give myself that power to feel even more like a CEO? Yeah, of course. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And sometimes we need help as queens to to feel like the queens that we are. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm not here to be a lonely queen. I will take the help when I can get it. Maybe you guys grew up in a normal household where you had a great money mindset. But if you're like me, where you grew up in a house that always had a scarcity mindset around money, you just maybe feel like money is a little elusive. And, and for a long time, I just feel like, okay, anytime I made money, it was like, cool, we're profitable, but it just still didn't really feel real, like a real business. Like, I this is just a lucky thing that we get a little extra bonus cash from. Do you know what I mean? It's hard not to treat your business like that sometimes, like a side a side hustle thing that just kind of randomly is giving you money. Because sometimes I'm a little scared to accept the truth that I'm I'm running a legit business. It's profitable and it's freaking killing it. Sometimes I want to have the excuse and to treat it like a side business so that, okay, if something fails or goes wrong, oh, it's okay, it was just a side business. I didn't really put that much effort to it because it's a side business and I didn't really try my hardest. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes we always wanna give our excuse like, I'm not gonna get a financial advisor because then all of a sudden I have to be responsible for my finances and I gotta show up for other people besides myself. And that's a level of honesty that is a little frightening at times. And even at this level where I'm at, which is, it's not the highest level ever, but we've accomplished a lot of great things. I just want you guys to know that we, we still, I still have those fears. Those are still things that I'm working on where I'm like, oh. I didn't even realize it until we hired a financial advisor where I was talking to them and I was like, wow, this is a new level of authority that I feel and that I've given myself now that we've hired a financial advisor. Again, A, I wish I would have just given it to myself without having to hire someone. But B, I should have done this earlier. I should have taken charge of my financial finances, <laughs> my finances long, long before this so that I could stop giving myself the stupid excuse that if I just don't look at the numbers and don't look at the finances, they're not there. They're hiding and they're gone. <laughs> but now we're looking at it. Okay, how can I like actually retire my husband with this job? Or uh, maybe we need to like get a 401k for me and for my employees and health insurance. Like it's just really cool to now look at this with a professional. I'm a professional too, of course, but like a financial professional and, and talk about real legit adult things with my business. It's not a side hustle anymore. 
It is a real business. And uh, I wish I would have treated it like a real business beforehand, but... This it's been a cool step, been a cool step. Just wanted to share that with you. And I hope you guys treat your business like real thriving things that can make you money and not just a little side hoe that <laughs> brings you a little extra cash here and there. So those are the kind of things that have been going on in my life and my business that I wanted to update you with. Not that you asked, but I wanted to share. And now let's move on to, before we get started in reading the stories, the snacks and tracks segment. Okay, last time you guys heard from me, I was reading these hollow vows. These hollow vows. And I like I rated it like a four out of ten. I, mean, I don't know. It was just like written really immaturely. Like it felt like a 12-year-old book. I just did not like it. Now I am reading Throne of Glass, which is written by the same author who wrote A Court of Thorns and Roses, which as you guys know. It's my love. My soul is now attached to that book. I love it so much. <sighs> and so I wanted to read Throne of Gods, which I've heard good things about. Here are the things that I've heard about it. I've heard it doesn't get good until the third book. Book one and book two are kind of like pre-longs. Pre-longs, is that the right word? To the actual story that starts in book three. I've also heard that Court of Thorns and Roses is a romance with a plot. And Throne of Glass is a plot with a romance. It's a lot about politics. The plot is a little bit more interesting and complex. And the romance isn't quite the center of the story, even though the romance is still really, really good. And I have I, I have to say, from me reading the first book, I'm only on the first book. I'm like three hours from it being done. I can confirm that I feel like so far <laughs> that is true. That, that is true. I am really enjoying it, even though with it being just like an introductory type of book. It's not supposed to be an introductory type of book, but I'm treating it as such. I still think it's really good. I'm excited to see the third book. But yeah, right now I'm really, really liking it. And here's why. I am in love, so in love with the main character. I can't even, her name is really weird. It's like Crusader or something. I can never remember it. And you don't really hear it that very, that often in the book too. I love the main character. She is who I want to be. I love Feyre, who is the main character of A Court of Realms and Thorses. But there are some times I just didn't really connect with her. And she made some decisions that I was like, mm, I don't know if I would have made that decision. Like at the beginning of the first book, seriously, for the first half of the first book, she is complaining and cannot get over the fact that she is the sole provider for her family. Her family is really poor. And Tamlin, the High Lord of the Spring Court, stole her away. And it's kind of like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. So he stole her away and she's locked in the castle. Even though he stole her away and he is, he is now providing for her family in a way that she never could. They're like super wealthy. He, he just did all these extra benefit things for her family that she never could have. And if she were to go back for them... Tamlin would take away all of those things for her family. And so her being at the spring court, she was doing her family a favor and she just could not get over the fact that she wanted to go back and be with her family. And she felt guilty for like eating so much and having this luxurious lifestyle. And her, and by the way too, her family were freaking jerks. Her family is so mean to her. Nobody ever helped her try to find food 
for their family. Like she was the sole provider for the family. The two sisters and her dad were total bums and never helped. So I don't know what her deal was. Anyways, I, I love Farah, but there were some times I was like, eh, I don't know. And Aelin, she was just this badass woman that also has this really feminine side. Like the problem, and here's the problem about the, these hollow vowels is she was too much of a pick-me girl. She's like, I hate dresses. I hate balls. I hate anything girly. Aelin is a badass. Nobody could ever beat her in anything. Like, I am so confident in that. She is a trained assassin with a girly side. And, and that just feels so much more real to me. And I relate with it because obviously I am a badass assassin and that's who I am. <laughs> just kidding. But like... I like that she's a well-rounded character that makes decisions that I feel like I would make. Definitely the most relatable person ever. I, I really, really like her. So yeah, that's my update on that. I keep wanting to talk about Lou the Rich, but these intros keep getting too long. So we'll talk about that next episode when <laughs> next episode we're going to be interviewing Leiden and he watched Lou the Rich with me. So it might be more interesting to have his commentary too. But anyways... Okay, now what am I snacking on? Mix hers. Have you guys ever heard of it? I got a million ads for it. I had always seen influencers posting about mix hers and I was like, wait, I don't know, whatever, I guess. And then my aunt recommended it to me. Same aunt that recommended Perk Energy to me that I talked to you guys about last week, week before, I can't remember. She recommended mix hers and I was like, okay, cool, I'm sold. If I get a personal recommendation, plus I'm seeing influencers that I actually like post about it, I'm sold. So I bought three different kinds of mix hers. They have like all these different flavor packets. It's just like a flavor water packet. But the cool thing about mix hers is they actually do something for you. They don't just have yummy flavors, but they have ones that have all of your greens in it. They have another one that helps hormone balancing stuff. They have one that gives you focus. They have one that helps with your period. They also have like collagen stuff. I don't know. They just have a lot of really cool ones that have awesome health benefits, which I always love. But the reason why I'm really a fan is the, the flavors are top tier, top tier. Like the coconut lime one, it tastes exactly like a buy which I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I buy, you know, those coconutty drinks. Oh, it is so good. Oh, I love that one. And they have cool flavors like apple, pomegranate, blueberry, acai. What's another good one? Like peach, mango. Oh, all the peach, peachy ones are delicious. They, they taste like you're actually drinking the fruit. Do you know what I mean? How you like have some flavor fruit packets and you're like, mm, this definitely tastes like a syrup. This one tastes like you're actually biting into a peach. The flavor profile is just so much more complex and it has so much more depth than the regular ones that I always get at Walmart. So I am 10 out of 10 fan. They're kind of expensive. I think it's like a dollar fifty a packet, but it is a sacrifice that I am willing to make. And I will for sure be buying more of these because I love them. The coconut lime though one is, is superior. You have to try that one. You have to try that one. And then it comes in a few different kinds too. Like I got it in the greens one. And I think I also got it in the hormone one. Coconut lime. Go get it. It's so good. Okay. Now let's get into the stories. I'm so excited. Some of these are so funny when I was reading them. Oh, I'm 
Very, very excited. Okay, first one is from someone on the internet named Willie Morris. Okay, so he said, One of my first clients in Florida, their product was literally a wooden block with motivational words on the side of it. We partnered with another small agency to help them out and decided that they would do the design and we would do the development for the website. <laughs> Easy, right? I can't, I can't even finish it because I know <laughs> the next sentence is. <laughs> well, the client ended up sleeping with the founder of the other agency, both were married with kids. I'm sorry, this is not even funny. It's really sad, actually. I just I just remember reading this for the first time, and I just did not see that coming at all. Both of their lives dissolved quickly. See, this is not funny. This is so, this is so sad. Which meant the other agency didn't do any of the design work. It was a three-person company. I don't know why that's relevant, but that's okay. The client didn't understand that we needed design to actually build a site. We tried to, wait, oh, and they tried to sue us for using some cheesy lawyer. We ended up handing over an empty WordPress template and parting ways. She ended up moving into some, <laughs> she ended up moving into, I don't know why I think this story is so funny. She ended up moving into some shack with the founder from the other agency. We later received a letter from the IRS trying to track them down. The other agency's founder, because he owed over 100K back on taxes. I think he's selling used cars now and she's living off of her divorce settlement. Oh, Florida. Like, I, this story is so sad. So sad. But can you just imagine having a client and... For some reason, you just have to watch their life dissolve and crash and burn like this. <laughs> like, I would just be like, what? what? What in the actual heck? Who are you and where did you come from? Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then, so there was this site. Did I write down the site? No, I didn't because I'm an idiot. But where people would submit their clients from their worst clients that they'd ever had. And we have got a little bit of a superiority complex going on with this guy. I'm not even going to say his last name. Just John, okay? <laughs> this is the comment that he had. And I'm curious to know if you guys agree with him or not, because obviously I don't. Anyways, he said, the best comment in this thread is the one that stated most of the bad clients I had really were my fault. Learning how to do this is a process. Designing and coding are the easy parts of the gig, which you're not wrong. I, you're right, I guess. Learning how to deal with people and how to handle the business part of it are much harder. I, I agree. Yes, I would agree with that. That's why I think we need to teach more about the other stuff. But selecting which clients you will and will not pursue and knowing how to construct your process and set the client expectations and knowing what things to put in a contract and why. These things come from experience. See, and that's where I don't know if I totally agree. Yes, they come from experience, but we could also do a lot better job about teaching about these types of things. I really dislike the vibe of these questions like this as they paint the situation as the client's fault for not knowing how to buy design. Most clients never have before. This is why it is our job to educate them at every part of the process and be a professional. A better title for this thread be, would be worst projects that you've ever had. Tell us what you learned from them and how it made you a better designer. And that is the part that I don't know if I agree with. Yes, I I understand where you're coming from. In a lot of situations when people underquote or when you get rude clients who don't know how to give feedback back, it's because they've never done something like that before. But there are some situations 
like the previous situation that I, the story I just told, where there is no amount of beating around the bush that is going to excuse you from just being flat out rude and manipulative and gaslighting. It's like, I don't care if you have no idea what's going on here. You still need to be a respectable human being. And yes, those stories are worth telling. And some of us just deal with with laughing at it. That's how we cope with horrible situations is we laugh at our situations, okay? But I, I wanted to share this one just because there was a comment on this that I I died. And his name is Christian. He said, you've made, he just, all he says is, you've made condescending comments in this entire thread to other designers. And then you post this question mark. <laughs> And I tried to find John's other comments where he was r- apparently ripping apart other designers and being mean to them. But I was just like, wow, that is your basic example of your superior superior complex misogyny just all wrapped up into one awesome little person. Way to go, John. So I thought that was funny. Okay, <laughs> this next one was really funny. <laughs> the first client I had as a freshman in college wanted to pay me in Sunday dinners. I might have said yes if she wasn't such a shit cook. (laughs) Like, what? How many Sunday dinners, first of all, is that going to take to pay off whatever it was that you're doing? And second of all, being invited into a client's home? No, I would rather chop my toes off. What if you are waiting on a response for them or if they don't like your design and then they're like, okay, see ya. I will see you tomorrow at Sunday dinner. And you just have to pretend like that's not happening or you're not working together. I don't know. It just seems way too personal for me personally. I I would never, ever do that. Okay, next one. Someone said, oh man, might be a little late to the party. I'm a ghostwriter. By the way, these are from the same website. I'll put it below if you guys want. I'm a ghostwriter and a data entry specialist. She was one of my first clients, seeing as I'm kind of new to the field, and at first, things weren't too bad with her. I ghostwrote a couple articles for her. Rates were an amazing value. She was keeping her word and compensating me according to our agreed-upon terms. Flash forward a couple days, she shoots me a message. Hey, my client is looking for a ghostwriter to clean up and add new chapters to her detox diet book. Would you be interested? Red flag. The toxidite book is already the red flag that we are already need. Of course I was. I had never ghostwritten an entire manuscript before. I was chomping at the bit for some pain experience. What could be better than writing on someone's ebook draft? I thought it was a little weird that I couldn't directly speak to the client who wanted this detox ebook, but regardless, I took on the job. So I completed the edits and I added all the chapters she wanted. My client was supposed to be this big natural health guru who believes coffee enemas are the secret to curing cancer. I don't want to talk shit, literally, but I was constantly raising my eyebrows the whole time I was working on the manuscript. She was having me make all these substantial claims. The best part was she wanted me to go back and make the language lawyer friendly so no one could sue over making substantial medical claims. Oh, nope. Mm-mm. It <laughs> took me a week or two to finish all the edits, sent it in. All this time, my client, again, I never got to speak directly to, kept jerking me around. She was promising to pay me 70. The next day, she promised 100. Next day was only 50 because she couldn't afford to pay me. And you must be new to freelancing. Mm, that's a classic one. We finally set- settled on $50 with a $30 bonus later on. 
she never paid me. Like, why do you, why don't just pay $80? Why not just pay $80? Why do we have to add the $30 bonus? I don't know. Uh, I finished all the edits. The file was constantly having problems with corruption and losing data. I entered. She wanted me to track the changes too. And I have a feeling she was using a third-party program. I kept doing whatever I could to fix it. Never got paid once. She rejected all the work that I did. And now she's claiming I did nothing. What a gem of a person. What a gem. See, these are one of the situations where I don't care in what type of world you live in, you need to pay people and be a respectable human being. It's all we're asking for. Of course, in this situation, it's like, mm, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done work without being paid. And I wouldn't have kept doing edits without being paid. But I mean, you live and learn. You live and learn and move on. That is that is life, my friend. Wise words from Carly. Okay. I was contracting for a corporate client once and they refused to buy a web font because it was too much risk to renew the license every year. So we had to design the site using Arial. Ariel the font. I'm sure you guys are familiar. I know you know. I just thought I would say. <laughs> mm. But if buying a font is too risky, I would hate to see how scared you are of the rest of life if buying a font is the scariest and riskiest thing. Too risky for you. Okay, next story. We spent several months working on rounds of IA, sketches, wireframes, and design. After submitting the final designs of each page, the client doesn't show up to our design review. Hmm. Week after week, the review gets pushed back until it's blown up altogether. Fine. It happens. Half a month later, I get an email requesting if we're able to rebuild the complete website and redesign it within a weekend. Mind you, not even a few days, but also on a weekend. The client will pay for overtime and extra resources if needed. Obviously, no, just no. So glad this person held their ground and said no. Jep, jump, 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 jump. Wow. Jump to several months later, we go through an even more in-depth process with several rounds of brand discovery, mood boarding, IA sketches, wireframing, photography shoots, design. I mean, this, let me pause right there. This, this sounds above and beyond too. This is like beyond just, okay, I'm going to just design new website. I mean, they have photography in here. They are doing a whole shebang with the website. Which obviously means having lots of K's is good, checkoff points, right? Finally, during another final design walkthrough, the client has provided us feedback via their team, the looks over, what we sent over, and to our dismay, the response is, this is the first time I've ever seen any of this. Blow up redesign version two. Oh my gosh, I would be livid. Go through the same process for a third time and again, no show on the final design review and the client is fired. At the end of the day, we just weren't able to make it pop. I mean, the part that obviously gets me the most is when the client says, this is the first time that I've ever seen any of this because A, I don't believe that that is true at all. I really believe that that's an excuse for I was too scared to tell you what I really thought or I didn't really actually look at what you sent me. And now that it's the final proof, I'm looking at it. Or B, if you really, really, truly haven't seen any of this, we have some managing skills and some entrepreneurial skills that we need to be working on before we even start working with a graphic design team that need to be addressed before we can have a successful business 
Because if you really are not knowing what your graphic designers and your team are doing for months and months and months, that's on you, babe. Uh, here's another one. I was hired by a company who was run slash owned by two people, both equal partners. The catch was that they were a former married couple who got divorced. Lovely. I show up 45 minutes before the shoot is to begin. The ex-wife showed up with her own clothes and that started an hour long fight that ended up with the ex-wife making the models take off the clothes that the husband gave them and cutting them into pieces with scissors. The husband threw mud on top of the dresses that the wife bought with the models hiding in their cars. Both tried to refuse to pay me and claimed it was my fault for not shooting their idea. But the threat of small claims court got me my shooting fee. Way to go for getting that shooting fee. And after reading this story, it sounds like you are due some legal compensation for what you had to endure with that entire episode. Okay, here's the next one. Client, we like the design, but could you make the blues all the same? Me, it's the same blue throughout the entire design. Client, it looks like different blues. Me, that's because colors are perceived differently depending on neighboring colors. Client, that's stupid. (laughs) Just change the law of optics, why don't you? Change how wavelengths work while you're at it. I mean, to be fair, though, that's probably something that I would say where I'd be like, well, that's dumb. I hate that that's a real law and not expect them maybe to actually change it. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. Client. Hey, I have a magazine. I want to be turned into a website. Me. Okay. Is each page in the magazine going to be a page of the website? Client. No. Me. No problem. How many pages will the website consist of? Client. I don't know. Can't you tell by looking at the magazine? Me. I could, but I don't know how you want the content broken down. Client. Can't you just provide an estimate? I need to get something over to the client. Me. Provide an estimate for what? We base the pricing on hours, which stupid. I hate hourly pricing. Anyways. Client. Okay, but aren't your hours based on the numbers of pages? If I had a dollar for the amount of stories that I saw like this with people wanting videos or magazines or anything else that is not a actual website converted into a website, I would be a rich man. Ran? Man? I'm not a man. I would be a rich person by now, which still baffles me because every time I saw this story like this, I was like, that's not real. Like that cannot be a real story. That's got to be made up because by now where we have been living in an internet era for 30 years now, maybe, I don't know. I'm only 21. So this is beyond me. 21. No, I'm not. I am like telling you guys I am a man. I'm telling you guys I'm 21. (laughs) You you guys don't trust me anymore after this episode. I'm I'm a woman and I'm also actually 25. I'm 25, not 21. So anyways, I'm still 25. I don't remember when the internet was invented, so it's beyond me. But still, it's been around for a long time. People should know what a website is. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here and that's an actual impossible request. But uh, it just, it still feels impossible to me that people don't understand what a website is. After a few years of freelancing, 
I want to have a more consistent job. Stepping out of trying to sort out taxes, I apply for a role that makes far less money with the idea that it'll be less stress, less work, and an easy step back into being an employee, which I can understand. I think there is a lot of times that that looks, yeah, I want, I would just want to be an employee. I want to have a nine to five. I want to be able to shut off my working brain at five o'clock, be done. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot of people who just decided, you know, that is more for me. Totally fine. Okay. And he says, I apply for a marketing assistant position. And on my first morning, I am introduced to everyone as the marketing manager. Halfway into my second week, I finally get the contract sent over. It is a busy day with a deadline, so I don't have a chance to go through it. The next day, I get an email asking me to ignore the last contract and sign this new one. I open up the contract to find a self-employment contract, 11 pages long, which all looks rather suspicious. (laughs) I send it to a friend who's an expert in all this, and sure enough, it's super illegal. They're trying to avoid paying all the extra taxes and benefits, but have all the benefits of an employee in deciding hours, pay, overtime, etc., my friend also checks over the first contract they sent and again, deems it super illegal. I guess I will be self-employed for a little longer as I wait for them to pay me for those two weeks of work that I did before I had to step away for under instruction from my friend. I won't be surprised if they try to weasel out of paying me for those two weeks that I did work. Hey, Betty, if you need a friend to go egg this place with you, I am, I'm on board. I will be your gal need to hide a dead body i'm your gal just kidding for legal purposes i am i'm kidding but mm, that's pretty pretty messed up it's hard to mess up more than being intentionally illegal with your business and trying to intentionally screw someone over by sending them a contract like the part that gets me the most about this situation is you can tell that the people who sent them the contract were really thinking about this. They had to think long and hard about what they wanted them to agree to because they had sent them an additional contract to to resign. So this is, again, one of those situations where like, no, they did not not know what they were doing. They were very aware of what they were doing and they were hmm, very purposefully being illegal in this situation and not okay. Straight to jail, I say. Like, real actual jail for these people. Because that's not okay. Oh, man. Well, those are all the stories that we're going to read for this episode. I had an absolute blast trying to find... There's a lot, by the way. Too many horrible nightmare, scary story client stories out there. I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It means the world to me. I love you all so, so much. You are brave. You are strong and brilliant. You can do anything you put your mind to. And babe, you are worth a million dollars. Don't let anyone, especially a client, tell you otherwise, even though we love them. We love clients. But obviously from these scenarios, sometimes they try to be mean to us. And you deserve so much better. All right, babes, I will see you next week.